This is the Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. I'm your host, Paul Parisi. And I'm Jacob Young. On the Edge of Innovation, we talk about the intersection between technology and business, what's going on in technology, and what's possible for business. Today I'm meeting with Brian Gravel. Hey, Paul. Thank you for having me here today. Now, you work at Greybock? Yes, one correct. Of the family members, from what I understand. That's true. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it's not like a... Um, a mafia family, is it? No, 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 no. More of a technology family. No, yeah. <laughs> so, great back, you're located in Peabody, mm-hmm. Massachusetts, and you're the vice president of creative tech. Mm-hmm. Now, what other vice presidents do you have? So we can just get a sort of a holistic sure. of what Greybock is. Yeah, so we're a technology consulting company. We have a traditional IT practice. We have the creative technology practice, which I head up. Uh, my brother heads up the information security practice. Okay. And then we have a software solutions practice, which is more like software customization, ERP system implementation, that type of thing. Oh, very cool. So it's like a 360-degree technology approach to business consulting. Okay. And are, are all of those divisions the same age, or are they different ages? As far as when they started in the company, the Creative Technology Group started in 2006 as a separate company that my business partner, Matt Molk, and I founded. And in 2010, we merged into Greybock. Oh, okay, cool. So we're the the baby on the block as far as the longevity of each practice. The company really started kind of as a hybrid of the software solutions and IT group by my dad back in 1993. Oh, okay. And then uh, information security practice that came around kind of during the y2k mm-hmm. time and the hysteria that came mm-hmm. with that <laughs> well, you're, you're dating yourself right? i am you're, i am you know, <laughs> a lot of people listening won't have been alive during y2k that's a good so point what's the big deal <laughs> but it was a, it was a crisis an unprecedented crisis of potential that was all these doom and gloom stories on uh, you know, New Year's Day wasn't going to happen. That's so. right. That's right. So you started the creative technology back in 2006? Yeah, correct. So Honestly, the 11 years into this. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, the foundation of the company at that time, which was called Diverging Soul Media Production, okay. was uh, film and music. Oh, wow. And we quickly found out that there was a lot of film and music companies out there, mm-hmm. and we really needed to expand our services. So... We did. We're doing. We were trying to do innovative things at the time. So we did stuff with digital signage and a whole slew of of video related technology cool. project products, and that eventually led us into web development. Okay. And uh, Matt, my business partner, really took the the reins of that side of things. And then we we saw the synergy with YouTube budding and, and the right. you know that around that time as well with video and and web and how we could kind of use that as a niche. And then our services have just really evolved from there. Okay. So we're here to talk with you about drones. Correct. I love getting this backstory and sort of the context of what brought you to drones. And we'll get more into that. So you guys must have done Cold Fusion. Were you a Cold Fusion shop? Or were you HTML? Or what did you do? Microsoft shop? I tell you our dirty secret. At first it was iWeb. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, you know, it's HTML into Dreamweaver. But yeah. And then eventually custom builds, WordPress development, Uh all that stuff. So that's what you're doing now is uh, on the web for the web segment of the creative, is it mostly WordPress stuff or custom? It's or? It really depends on the situation, mm-hmm. you know. We do have a lot of WordPress clients, great yep. content management system, yeah, in my sure opinion. Yeah. But we also do a lot of custom builds depending on the situation. So 
Matt specifically likes to describe them as progressive web applications, you okay. know. Yeah, understood. Products that are functioning like web websites, but really are applications as a whole. Oh, cool. Excellent. Yeah, we've seen a lot of growth in that area. And, you know, people wanting more functionality than just a a blog, right? You know, or a brochureware, mm-hmm. and that's that's really cool to see. Okay, so now you do. You know, I noticed at the North Shore Chamber of Commerce, so we're here in Massachusetts, we're on the North Shore, north of Boston, and we went to the Business Expo. Yep. And you guys offered to do videos of everybody. Yeah. So you were going around. So that seems like that's right in your wheelhouse, is going out making corporate videos and all the creative that goes with that. Is that one of the things that people would call you for? Yeah. We do a real, real mix with our video production. We do a lot of training videos, a lot of corporate okay. video. We've done a lot with nonprofits in regards to kind of profile pieces and things like that. Once in a while, we get fun kind of Comcast 30-second spots where we've done some stuff with animation and just try to, when we get those opportunities, do stuff that's a little bit outside the box. Cool. Can you give, I'm not asking for specifics, but can you give us an example of a project that you've done and how that worked out, what the client was trying to do and how you solved it? So that, you know, as people are listening, they can get an idea of both what you do and how to apply video. Sure. He says video is critical for the web right now. I tend to agree with that. Yeah. But I'd love to hear what you have to think. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of times when we have a customer come to us, they have a vision in mind and we're more on the execution side. So you're right. Most of the stuff is going to web. And it's really, it could be a delivery mechanism for their message and branding. It could be for training purposes. A significant part of what we do is we've, we've essentially built a training portal for a large company on the North Shore and then are producing the videos that go alongside that. Is this for employee training or customer training? Yeah, it's it's for insurance okay. safety training, essentially. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's for, for policyholders of theirs. Okay. Um, so they've built kind of this conduit for people to log in, train. Eventually, they're, t- they're bringing it to an e-learning level, mm-hmm. but really just a resource library of, of safety-style videos. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's cool. So, and then do you track, like, who's completed what, and they get some benefit from having done that? Yeah, there are components of that built into the system, for sure. Yeah, yeah so that's a, that's a good example of, you know, kind of how... We hit all sides of the project. Okay. You know, we built the portal. Yep. We built the brochureware, if you yep. will. Sure. We're building the content. Uh, and awesome. yeah, it's a, so it, one-stop shop in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. a lot of times, and and our services kind of talk to one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this legacy database systems that now need front ends. Right. So you know, our software solutions team, which may handle and maintain that legacy system helps us write API calls to sure. talk to a, a web front end. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to find people that can take, you know, all all pieces of it or all facets of yeah. something. It's, so that must be, must be nice because you can't point the finger at anybody. <laughs> that's a benefit to the customer. Yeah, no, no, it's... No finger pointing. Yeah. So, well, it was their fault. Yeah. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> yeah. So. No, and it's good because we uh, there's a deep understanding of the different components of it. Mm-hmm. I think what we've run into a lot of times and where we, we see how the value of our company shines through is that, you know, you may get somebody who's heavily into one side or the other and mm-hmm. they don't understand how those pieces connect. Sure. And, you know, based on various projects and hurdles, we don't work with one particular market segment either. So, 
you know, the challenge of a manufacturer could be applied to the challenge of an insurance company sure. in some weird way that you would never think. But, you know, we run into these situations where it's like, oh, yeah, we did that on this and, you know, we can connect the dots here. Right, and right. so that's the part that for me that that's fun. And I think that also encapsulates the company okay. as a whole. Cool. Now, you, as far as the creative side, I think you guys have a studio, don't you? We do. So, now, like these training videos, were they done in the studio or they done on location? You know, a lot have been done on location. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of OSHA style. So, okay. you know, you need a warehouse or a or a ladder or right. something along those lines. Yeah. But we do have a green screen room where we do a lot of our kind of talking head uh, profile pieces. The stuff that... Uh, with the studio space, which we just we moved into a new space in October, okay, cool. and that space ultimately gave us the opportunity to bring clients in at a lower cost for a project, mm-hmm. more or less because we had the space for which was all pre-rigged, ready to go, right. versus dragging all the gear out right. yeah. location to location. Right. You know, so so for for us, it's been one of those things where we're trying to take advantage of giving customers a a little bit more flexibility on their budget yeah, to absolutely. get a quality, studio-quality piece. So now, just for our listeners who may not know, a green screen is basically a wall mm-hmm. that's painted with a bright lime green almost. Yeah, it's like a, it's... it's ba- unnatural green. <laughs> that's right. That's a good way to describe it, yeah. And what you do is you, you stand in front of it and you shoot a camera with that. So you take a, a video of it. It's like what if you watch the weather on the news. Correct. It's the same way. And afterwards, you can use something called chroma key to put a new picture behind mm-hmm. that. And, you know, it's not always perfect. It's, it's getting better and better. But you can see it when maybe somebody moves and you'll notice that they don't wear anything green. Mm-hmm. But that allows you to, you know, effectively have somebody standing on the shore of the Atlantic without having to be at the Atlantic. Yeah. And so that's cool. So you've got one that's actually built out and lit. See, the biggest thing with green screen is you have to uniformly Uniformly, is that a word? I don't know, but it sounded right. <laughs> you have to uniformly light the green. Right. It has to be the same color yeah. all the way through. Yeah, shadows are the biggest trip up in, yeah. in, in that process. And then when you get to more advanced stages of it, you know, like you look at like maybe an ESPN piece where mm-hmm. they do like the 30 for 30s or something along those lines where they have that really like one side of the face is dark and the right. other is lit. And that's where, you know, skill sets, skill sets really shine through as yeah. the, if you know what you're doing or not. And yeah, that's that's the tough part. And with the studio for us, it gives us a lot more variables over a lot more control over those variables. Excellent. Yeah. yeah, so we've uh, we've got a lot of lighting pre-rigged, right. and then we have flexible lighting on the floor that we can move around and kind of get the look and feel that we yeah. want. And this is all, you know, you, our listeners, having been a professional photographer myself, all of these things sound like labor and laborious and like, oh, man, that's that's such a hassle. But it makes the difference between things looking okay and things looking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Good lighting, good cameras, angles, lenses... All of this stuff adds up to just, you know, knock your socks off. Mm-hmm. And that's why, why you can tell. Well, that's why you go to the movies and you paid all this money, you know, $15 to sit in the seat and watch a movie. Because it was, they took all of this into account. So what kind of cameras do you guys use? Uh, we use a array of cameras. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like to call them small form factor cameras, okay. but it depends on the situation. But I'm always sh- shooting entirely 4K now. Okay. So, so high, high resolution. That's yep. four times the normal high def mm-hmm. of Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of data. Yeah. 
So, okay, so... Yeah, so, I mean, the, the trick for us has been to find 4K cameras that shoot at a bit rate and, and mm-hmm. compress the video enough where we're not losing the quality, but we're not having these massive file sizes because... Right. As a photography professional, you probably know you get into those raw files and all of a sudden, you know, it became... <laughs> Where do you store them? Yeah, exactly. Where do you store them? How do you back them up right. and and that whole process? So, yeah, I mean, we've been very cautious of that and, and selective in our decision making when it yeah. comes to purchases as far as new technology is concerned. And we also have to work quickly with a lot of files, yeah. you know, most of the time we don't have a cinematic film like timeline and budget right. where you have you can have these media bays and and things like that and you know you have to make sure that a project size the files are are easy enough to work with quickly and right. turn out a final product and a lot of times you know we're shooting high quality but eventually it's getting down res to right. something that's going to be able to play smoothly on a on a website right. so so, you, but still, so I mean, that's a great point. So you're shooting hundreds of times better quality than it's going to be rendered on the web. Most likely, <laughs> but you're doing it. And, yeah. And so, if you were somebody were to come in and say, "Gee, I want a project done X, Y, and Z," just on average, how long does it take start to finish? So, you know, I come in and I say, "This is what I want. I want a talking head video for my company, so people can get to know me." Is that a week? Is that 10 weeks? And I know it varies depending on how busy you are, but let's say you didn't have anything else to do. Come in. How much does that take? Yeah, no, I mean, it's a good question. It depends really on a number of factors. Obviously, like what's involved with the shooting? Are there location shoots? Is it in studio? Um, you know, how much editing in, is involved? Mm-hmm. If it's a quick talking head, those can get knocked out pretty quick. But if you have a lot of B-roll that has to go along with it. Right. The project might be staggered out depending on when you're doing pickups or aggregating well, media. Let me interrupt you. What's mm-hmm. B-roll? I mean, so let's educate. Sure, 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 sure. So is, is it rolls? Yeah, so I mean, if someone, was <laughs> if someone was filming our conversation right now and we yeah. were talking about cameras, for example, yeah. they might show a picture of the cameras we were talking about. Okay. That, cutaway to that. Yeah, exactly. That, that cutaway footage and that footage on top of your main dialogue or interview is what's called B-roll. Okay. And so you have to shoot that. Yeah, shoot it, acquire it. You can purchase stock clips. You can use uh, motion kind of effects on pictures Mm -hmm. sometimes works. We use a a a 2.5D effect Mm -hmm. a lot of times, which I don't know if you're familiar with. But it kind of looks like uh, you take a still photo and you isolate layers of it and kind of to make it. A lot of PBS, like it's it's a little bit. It's almost like Ken Burns on steroids a little bit. So it's that motion of the Ken Burns effect of Uh it panning into a picture or zooming into a picture, but you're isolating uh, different layers of the of the photo in in Photoshop, so you have more depth to it. I see. So that must be a picture that you're creating. You couldn't take that from a. Yeah, I mean, sometimes sometimes media is uh, you know only available in picture format, right. you know, you, or they don't have the a customer may not have a budget to go out and shoot okay. specific things. So, with that being said, I mean, every project's a little different, and I think there's also a degree of you know how much the client knows they want upfront versus mm-hmm. you know how much are they involved in the creative process, right. and that that can draw a timeline too. Cool. 
Well, I just want to tell our listeners, we in the show notes, we'll have some links to examples. Sure. Two, two and a half D effect. Hopefully you can give us one. Yeah, no problem. That. And also links to all the things we talk about as we're going through this. And, and of course, to Greybach. Well, we're here with Brian Graval. And he's with Graybach in Peabody, Massachusetts. He's the vice president of creative technology. And we've had a great talk. I think this will end up being a couple of different podcasts. So if you're if you're hearing this, go back and listen to the other episodes as well. So Brian, thank you for coming. Thank really you for having me, Paul. Absolutely. Thank you. The Edge of Innovation is brought to you in partnership with Savior Labs. Savior Labs exists to help businesses mature and strategize for the future. Learn more about Savior Labs at SaviorLabs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. For the show notes and more information about Paul, please visit paulparisi.com. The Edge of Innovation is produced by Jacob Young in conjunction with copious amounts of coffee. Music on today's episode was from bensound.com. Paul can be found on Twitter at pdparisi and on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash pdparisi. This episode, like all our episodes, is transcribed and available at paulparisi.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.